All right, we're going. We're, we're just going to go. Okay. It's me, Chris Pratt Mario, with a normal voice. Not an Italian voice, but a Mario normal voice. fantasy fans and welcome to swords and satire the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art it's a me your dungeon manager jamie mokul my pronouns are he and him and i am here with my super co-hosts i'm cassidy my pronouns are they them and i'm a penguin warrior who can throw the meanest snowballs. Oh, man. Is that a uh, useful means of staving off violent attacks on your culture? No, not at all. It's it's a game you play. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I've achieved warrior status. Ah, I see. Yeah. Oh, impressive. When Koopa came to uh, invade, you know, we were just hoping that our bravado would scare them off, but it didn't turn out that way. Well, good try. Yeah. Did you try throwing some snow? We did. We did. Did you try throwing it harder? No. No, That might have been your mistake. Yeah, we gave up pretty quick, actually. Well, you have little penguin arms, right? Little wings? Excuse me? Well, you have, like, wings? (laughs) Like, penguins? That's the technical name. Maybe we should just move on. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I guess that's my cue. I'm Jack Olander. My pronouns are any and all. And I'm a a living uh, weapon of mass destruction. Oh, my God. That's right. They call me Bullet Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. But in America, they just call you Jack. That's right. That's exactly right. A lot of people talk about Bullet Bill. That's just one. That's just one bullet. Yeah, come on. There's a whole horde of you guys. Yeah, what's going on? Why would you think we all have the same name? A whole case, if you would. That's right. I go home to my cartridge. <laughs> Other gun things. <laughs> <laughs> to my wife, Bullet Sally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my little children, Bullet. Um, I don't know. I don't know kids' names. You know how it is. You get up, you go to that nine to five, you explode, you never come home. (laughs) Classic life of bullet bullets. (laughs) Sounds right to me. Well, guys, (laughs) this is an exciting week because today we're going to be talking about Super Mario Brothers. Yippee. The the 2023 one, not the Bob Hoskins one. 
Yeah, they're called the same thing, right? Uh, I believe they're both called Super Mario Brothers. Actually, I think the old one might be called Super Mario Brothers Movie. Yes. This one is not a movie, or at least if it is, it doesn't tell you that it is. <laughs> what? Or maybe it does. I don't know. I'm looking here, and it does say the Super Mario Brothers movie, so maybe it does. Anyways, this film was directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek, and it stars Chris Pratt. As you all know, we've been very excited for this <laughs> film because of uh, his... It's Chris Pratt. <laughs> Normal Mario. <laughs> I was going to say, because of his iconic voice work. It also stars Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day, and Jack Black. And has a guest appearance by, we're going to say, the more traditional voice of Mario, Charles Martinet. Don't forget Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, I would never want to forget Keegan-Michael Key. Now, we've got a lot we want to say about this movie, but first, we should probably summarize this very complex and intricate plot. Yes. Mario and Luigi are plumbers. And brothers. That's true. Plumber brothers. Plum, 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 plumbers. So keep in mind they're plumbers. <laughs> uh, they aren't very good at their job. Sadly, no. But they find a magical pipe under <laughs> Brooklyn. Like you do. And they go to a magical kingdom called the Mushroom Kingdom. Now, let's give credit where credit's due. Not good plumbers, fairly brave and or stupidly brave. Or Mario is. Yeah. But they get separated when they're going through the uh, magical wormholes. So you're telling me that this movie is not about the rich familial bond that they have. Yeah, there's not a lot of like brother interaction in this Mario Brothers movie. Just a lot of longing for their brother. Mm-hmm. You know that old screenwriting tip? Tell, don't show? That's yeah. right. Mario winds up in the whimsical, fun, harmless Mushroom Kingdom. And Luigi winds up in the harmful Shadowlands. <laughs> Practically the same fate. He's captured by the shy guys and taken to Bowser's keep, where he's put in a cage over lava. Fuck. I almost said I was a shy guy for this episode, but that sounded like saying you were part of the incel army. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to call myself a shy guy. <laughs> oh, but they're so cute. They're really cute. They're, I love their design. I just want to say real quick, one of my favorite characters in the whole movie is another prisoner in one of the cages suspended over the lava here. Oh, fuck yes. It's, it's a little star being, and he's a doomer, but he's happy about it. Oh, it's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> this star is the star of the show, if you know what I mean. That's true. The only hope you have is the sweet release of death. <laughs> Real cast energy. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And these are the comforting words that Luigi hears <laughs> as a prisoner in Bowser's castle. Bowser, a 
fire-breathing turtle conqueror on his way to the Mushroom Kingdom. That sounds about right. He's already conquered the Penguin Ice Realm, and he's going to go after the Mushroom Kingdom. If I was a bigger Mario fan, I'd probably know what those penguins are called. But <laughs> Yeah. Or what the name of their home is. We find out that Bowser actually has another motivation for going after the Mushroom Kingdom. That's right. Bowser is in love. With Mario? Uh, if only. No, he's in love with Princess Peach for some reason. Yeah. You see, he's a monarch and she's a monarch. Oh, you know what? When you frame it that way, it kind of makes sense. Terrible people do kind of find each other. <laughs> yes, yeah. they've never met, but he wants to marry her. And if she says no, he's just going to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. True. And he sees nothing wrong with this. He's pure. <laughs> Purely evil. Yes. But he's in love. In evil love. <laughs> he's not trying to make the world a better place. No, he's a monarch. No, he just wants something. If he can't get it, he's going to make him pay. <laughs> he's going to throw a temper tantrum in the form of torture and genocide. The temper is 200,000 degrees of fiery breath. Yeah. So Mario and Peach team up together to go get help from the Kong kingdom. What Woo! The, the Kongs. The Kongs. Here, I'm going to... Beat my chest like Donkey Kong. Just ah, to, yes. you know, a nice visual uh, cue for this podcast. That makes sense. Shoot a coconut gun. When they started heading towards the Kong Kingdom, I was tremendously excited because Donkey Kong is like top three Nintendo character for me. The yes. Kongs are the ones that control all the carts. And so we get a lot of fun kart racing scenes. Mario kart racing. Yes. Or is this Diddy Kong racing? It's probably Mario Kart. But it's not Diddy Kong racing because it's only carts. It's not planes or boats. True. Fair <laughs> enough. And Diddy does not get enough screen time to get his game acknowledged. Not nearly enough. No, we've got a real Mario Kart 8 thing going on here with like a motorcycle, a monster truck, and a race car. Yeah. And they can all use gliders and hovering capabilities. And the little thing where they build their cart is basically the select screen for Mario Kart 8. That was fun. The way they win being able to use the carts is by Mario participating in an arena battle with Donkey Kong. Yeah, Mario and Donkey Kong Smash. Right. Mario became Like Smash Brothers. Yeah. Right. I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> After carting with the Kong army, they're flanked by Bowser's castle and quickly felled. Now, with no one in his way, Bowser heads to the Mushroom Kingdom to propose to Peach. However... She doesn't want to marry the conquering tyrant she has never met. No, she wants to be the conquering tyrant of the Mushroom Kingdom. Exactly. Something Bowser never was able to really foresee. Yeah, and so he gets a little upset and threatens to kill all the toads. <laughs> Classic Bowser. And she accepts the proposal to save her little friends. And he thinks it's a real match full of love and can't see 
What's happening? <laughs> I mean, he's a little deluded. Yeah. yeah. He he's just happy to take that W. Sure. And I'm not talking about Wari. <laughs> <laughs> no, auspiciously absent from this movie. But maybe the next. How so we find ourselves at the wedding. And um Mario and Donkey Kong team up and uh they're able to make their way up to the castle and they cr- end up crashing the wedding. Uh, That's right. And all the biggest names are here at the wedding. King Boo, King Babom, other royalty. <laughs> they're there. A piranha plant, but not the big piranha plant from Mario Sunshine. Peach. Absent. <laughs> Missed opportunity there. Peach gets ice powers and starts blasting. And um, Mario is a raccoon that flies. I love the raccoon suit. I mean, Mario 3 for life, right? Yeah. So they save all the prisoners before they're killed in the lava. And, of course, our little star friend is disappointed at not dying. Oh, um, poor guy. We'll get him next time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they defeat Bowser by encasing him in ice. Oh, he also tries to murder everyone in the Mushroom Kingdom still by because his mouth gets free and he still orders this huge bullet to <laughs> that to strike the mushroom kingdom down like a huge missile. That's right, a bullet named Bill and it's alive. Yeah. And conscious. Mario whips it in the eyeball with his tail and then it chases him. That's right. The the Tanuki suit is a flying sort of raccoon looking thing with a tail. <laughs> Is that the Tanuki suit? I thought the Tanuki suit was like a powered up version of the raccoon suit. I thought it was the Tanuki suit at first, and then I was like, wait, I think that's a different one. Oh, no, yeah, the Tanuki suit is the one that can turn into a statue. What? It turns into a statue? Yeah. Crazy. So they're separate? Yeah, it's raccoon and then Tanuki. Whoa, they're different? That's mind-blowing. We don't have any direct evidence that it's not the Tanuki suit. He just doesn't turn into a statue while wearing it. Oh, so it's probably the raccoon suit. Good, good. But, uh, so Mario gets the bullet to chase him instead, and he tricks it into flying into one of the magical pipes, and it blows up (laughs) the multiverse. Yes, that's right. In order to save the Mushroom Kingdom, Mario cleverly thought to send the nuclear device to Brooklyn. Nobody will notice. It The pipe then sucks everybody off into Brooklyn. <laughs> it sucks everybody in, Cav. <laughs> and uh, they have like an end battle with Bowser in the Brooklyn streets. But the way they defeat him is by... Mario and Luigi getting the ultimate star together so they can defeat him with punches. Is that something you can do in the game? Can two people share one power up? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I thought it was a nice symbol. Sure. The two became one. Aw. They get approval from the neighborhood and their family. Which they had been seeking for so long. Yes, that validation. And then they end up cohabitating together in the Mushroom Kingdom. Becoming plumbers there instead. 
Business is probably better there anyways. Brooklyn got a lot of competition with plumbers. I don't think you have to like pay for rent in the Mushroom Kingdom. Wow, it's must be true. nice. Yeah, and the conversion rate for having a giant gold coin <laughs> to the US dollar is really good. Yeah, it sounds pretty sweet. That's right. And we can talk more about coin-based economies coming up. Well, why don't we do that? Because I think it's about time for us to head into the delve. It seems like toads, like when they get off their work shift, like uppercut one of those question blocks and they get a coin for the day. Yeah. And there are other mushrooms that like harvest the coins for the kingdom. Plus, they're just everywhere. You just pick up coins in your, on your way to the office or wherever you go. It's pretty good. Yeah. You want to introduce the Delve? Welcome to the Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scenes, and lore of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Well, I have a few things to say about this movie. All right. Um, thank God. Otherwise, we would not have an episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's why I've prepared this. This movie is a Fast and Furious movie. Oh, what? Oh, Excuse shit. me? There are cars. They There are carts. Okay. Which are like cars with a T on the end. Okay, I see where you're going with this. They drive in them. Okay. They have superpowers. Mm -hmm. That's right. They're racing around. That's right. All these things you might be like, that could be one of any other hundreds of thousands of racing franchises, right? It could be a Cars movie from the franchise Pixar's Cars. That's right. But what's the extra element that makes it like a Fast and Furious movie? Family. Holy shit. <laughs> this movie is all about family. I oh, my right. God. Wait. Oh, who's Vin Diesel playing in the sequel? I mean, I would love Wario. As oh, oh man. Diesel. What about Waluigi? <laughs> <laughs> He's totally Waluigi. <laughs> He's like are they the going to modulate his voice the way that they do with like baby Groot? Or are they going to just let him be Vin Diesel voice? I need him to be Vin Diesel voice. <laughs> that might be more Wario then. No. I think Wario's got a, a, a lower voice. Think he does. back to Vin's breakdancing days. You called it with the Waluigi. All right. <laughs> yeah. He used to breakdance? Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you can find old videos of him breakdancing on the internet. Okay. Great. So we have that cast for the sequel. You're welcome, Nintendo. <laughs> Send us money. That's right. Please send us a giant gold coin. Oh, yes, God, yes. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll accept. I accept gold coins. I don't envy paying for the shipping on that. No, that's their problem, not ours. <laughs> that's right. It's true. Also, if we want to return it, it's their problem, too. <laughs> Just send it through a pipe. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Family. Yes. Yeah. The movie begins with the Mario bros the brothers the brarios their family and a they fucking are. commercial i mean a, they have an ad they have a an ad commercial like ad commercial like we do 
Thank you for supporting us on Patreon.com, <laughs> where you can find us at Swords and Satire. That's the problem. We need to do a TV spot like Mario and Luigi did. Yeah. Just keep flashing Patreon.com slash Swords and Satire many times on the screen. I guess we'll get uh, Seth Rogen to play me. Yeah. You could easily. Yeah. If you're going to do that, I want May Martin to play me. All right. Fair enough. Hype. Jack, who's who's playing you in the Swords and Satire commercial? Filled with comedians playing us. <laughs> CGI Andy Circus. <laughs> Perfect. I thought you were gonna go real left field and be like Bill Burr. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> he sounds just like me. <laughs> No, nah, I think Andy could really capture it. Yeah, I think so. He's the one. Don't fuck with him. I wouldn't. I love Andy Circus. Yeah, I love Andy Circus. He was Gollum. And Caesar. Oh, right. And he's great on Andor. Yeah. Is he? Oh, outstanding. Amazing. Love that. I mean, that show just fucking rules. It's brutal. <laughs> Family. <laughs> Family. Let's talk about it. Commercial. <laughs> the Mario Bros are excited. They've started a new business. They left a stable job to go out and venture on their own and try to make a name for themselves. But they do it together. And they also had their other job together. It's like they're they're bros for life. <laughs> but they're they're <laughs> they're Mario. That's how biology works, yes. <laughs> That's right. But they actually like each other. True. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's not going well for them. Sadly, no. They're, all, they're falling on a difficult beginning. They're trying to pull themselves up by their overall straps, but it's just not working out. Nope. And this is really rubbed in their face. The yeah. last place that you want it to be at home. That's right. Yeah. Their family is not supportive. They are dunking on them hard. <laughs> they live in a tight family unit where pretty much their entire family lives in a single building. And they're all super tight together. They care about each other, except everybody hates Mario, apparently. <laughs> they're certainly mean to him. <laughs> they are very mean to Mario. They openly express that they feel this idea is a very poor decision. And their own dad says, not only is this a horrible decision, but the worst part is you're bringing your brother Luigi down with you. Ooh, that's brutal. That hurt. And Mario and Luigi are as tight as can be. So feeling like he could be hurting his brother is just the worst. Yeah, that's really digging the ice pick in. Yes. <laughs> is that a Mario reference? I think it's more of a mafia reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Horrifying. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> Not the cast dispersions. Yeah, Mario, if you don't succeed, uh, Uncle Lou can give you a job. He can set you up real good. Dad, <laughs> I don't want to work for Uncle Lou. <laughs> Is Mario going to be a made man? <laughs> Let's just say I've got the ice flower power up right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just need you to move these fire flowers. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, if anyone asks where you got them, don't tell them. And I never heard of you. <laughs> tell them they fell. Tell them they fell. Tell them they fell off of a Mario Kart. If you know what I mean. No, I don't. I've got connections back in the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> okay, now he's really crazy. Yeah. So Mario is feeling really rejected. Yes. By his family. He is going through a difficult time and he is not receiving validation in the place that he would hope to feel the most safe and comfortable. How Jack, you're blowing my mind here with this Fast and the Furious connection. That's right. <laughs> and when they get a job, when they eventually get a job next morning, the first person and the only person to celebrate Mario's success is his brother Luigi. Aww. They love each other. Luigi heard what was said at the dinner table, and he says, you're not bringing me down, Mario. We're in this together. And in fact, we just got our first job, so we're going to show them things are looking up. They fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be fair. A dog intentionally sabotages them. That's true. They competently did the job. The pet owner's dog ruins it for them. All because Luigi stepped on a dog bone. Come on. By accident. Zip, zop, zoom. They get sucked off to, <laughs> to the, the mushroom room. Exactly. To the land of mushroom. Exactly. Know. That's what I was going to say. And the movie all about the Mario brothers splits them up immediately right here. Yeah. That's right. And they don't see each other until the end of the movie. Bad decision. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I was wondering going into this film. How there's going to be any sort of plot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still wondering that. Yeah. The motivation is that Mario wants to save his brother. And I think that's much better than why he would want to save a random princess. I agree. Because that's the plot of the games. It's like, go save a princess Peach, you know? Yeah, just like that. Except... Go save Princess Peach. It's exactly. a me, Mario. <laughs> but Princess Peach don't need saving in this. That's true. Nah, she's the hero. She's actually the competent one. It's true. One could feel that she could accomplish most of this film by herself. One might feel that way. Yeah, she could have done it all without Mario. He's mostly in the way. He has uh, to, like, learn to be... Like Mario Maker level Mario from his obstacle course. It's true. Like in one night. He's not especially good at anything. He gets the mushroom power up, which gives him like a boost, but his body's not tuned yet. It's true. This movie is all about family and it isn't at the same time. What makes Mario strong is the family aspect sort of unlearning the lessons of inferiority yes. and incapability that most of his family has taught him. Great point. Do you think that's why he and Luigi decide to stay in the Mushroom Kingdom in the end? Um, no. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, it could be part of it. However, let's get to that real quick. At the end, when Mario and Luigi have reunited, yeah. just before then, actually, 
Mario has gotten the snot beaten out of him by Bowser in Brooklyn. And Mario runs and he hides in a restaurant, his family's restaurant. And he's sort of hearing Bowser shouting taunts at him, echoing a lot of the harsh things that his family said to him early in the film about how he is inferior and he's not good enough. And Mario is playing back these things that he's heard in his mind. He decides that he doesn't want that to be the truth of his life, where something important was happening and he gave up and left. Yes, Mario's negative self-talk is brought on by his uh, father's negative Mario talk. Exactly. The negative voice in his head, he ignores it. He goes out, likely to die, trying to oppose that image of himself that others have put onto him. Yes. And it just so happens that the one thing that saves him is his brother, who's always been there for him, and he echoes back to Mario that we'll always be okay as long as we have each other, which is their sort of, like, their catchphrase together. Yeah. And how how the heck do they beat Bowser? They get the star power-up. Not just Mario, but Luigi gets it too. Yeah. That is nice. It's actually a good moment for both of them because Mario learns that he's actually better when he's working with other people. He doesn't have to be the protector all the time. And Luigi learns that he can actually stand up for himself too. That's right. One of Luigi's defining characteristics is that he's scared of everything. And he always lets Mario stand up for him. That's right. But this time, Luigi put his life on the line to save his brother, and together that bond and a power-up helps them kick the shit out of Bowser. Yeah, like having family and strength and unity is good, but also being invincible helps a lot. It really helps. And they play the theme song that that power-up gives. I I always enjoy hearing the song from the game. Like when they played Bloody Tears in Castlevania. Oh, that was I amazing. was like, that scene is really hype. It's the song yeah, from that the thing. Cool. That, that's, the, that's the thing that this movie is a reference to. And then they force mm. the bully, after they beat up the bully, they force him to eat a magic mushroom that shrinks him down to be a mouse size. That's right. Mario then gets validation from his parents. They say, you did it, Mario. You fucked up that fire-breathing <laughs> turtle, just like we knew you would. You know, in a in a PG-rated movie, you get one F-bomb, and that's where they use it. <laughs> you you know, fucked him up. <laughs> I may have destroyed all these burrows, but at least my parents approve of me now. Yeah, you know, you gotta... <laughs> to make your family love you, you gotta break a few villages. That's right. You can't cry over every broken Yoshi egg. (laughs) Oh, God. That's very sad. Anyway, (laughs) Mario finally receives that validation from his family. And I think he probably goes to the Mushroom Kingdom because that's where he learned a lot of the lessons on being this new person, this new accomplished version of himself that uh, he feels he's become. You know, we get this after credit scene of a Yoshi being born in a sewer, which is fun, but I really feel like it should have been Mario having this premonition dream where he snaps awake and he just says, something's coming. And he looks over at Luigi and he's like, who's Wario? Ah, that would be great. (laughs) I love that. Or like, you know, um, 
Like Palutena isn't Palutena. Yeah. But, no. Uh, that's the goddess. Yeah. Okay, yes. Or like Palutena shows up and she's like, do you want to hear about the Nintendo initiative? <laughs> that's so funny. Her being the Nick. <laughs> the Nick Fury of the, yes. oh, yeah. of, the uh, of the NCU, the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. <laughs> that makes sense. There is an NCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this one's going to be bigger. Yeah, anyway. probably. Yeah. Anyway, that's the family. There's family. There it is. You've absolutely blown my mind and convinced me that this movie is a Fast and Furious. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, me too. But speaking of the NCU real quick, uh, I noticed that a lot of the beginning of this one was very similar to the live action Super Mario Brothers movie where they're actually in Brooklyn, they're plumbers in Brooklyn, and then they travel to like a magical realm. I mean, it's an isekai, right? It is. Yeah, it's true. Definitively it is. Except Bus Senpai did not send them there. A lot of isekais start because the protagonist is hit by a bus. I mean, they <laughs> they went down a a pipe. It's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they travel through like a portal in a wall, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't start with a flashback to 65 million years ago. That's true. That's true. It is sort of the same backstory as like uh, Jordan Peele's Us. <laughs> okay. The yeah. miles of mysterious underground, underground facilities. It's true. And they were like established at some point and they've just been neglected. That's right. Who there, built all that? There could be tube portals to any old world <laughs> down there. And Peach says there are thousands of worlds out there. That's true. I figured she just meant Nintendo games. Uh, I, yeah, I think we all know. <laughs> that it, if Nintendo movies keep being successful, we're going to get the smash. Okay, I, I have a really dumb joke that I'm just going to make. I hope that for the second Super Mario Brothers movie, they release it in Japan and then they're like, oh no, let's just take another anime and call it Super Mario Brothers 2 and release it in America. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was too hard for audiences to understand. Yeah. But now I'm going to switch to something completely different. Awesome. I'm ready. I want to talk about Bowser. Me too. I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> and how toxic masculinity keeps men from having the meaningful relationships that they crave. All right. This is not going to inflame any kind of angry comment section. Toxic masculinity is keeping us all down, dude. All right. Patriarchy? No, thank you. Cringe. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cass, why don't you define the term toxic masculinity for those out there who don't know or who have been intentionally misinformed? It's basically a limiting form of masculinity that emphasizes competition, anger, and kind of like a superiority over others. Yeah, it generally includes some self-destructive behaviors that can also be destructive for other people. It's true. It is not a term that means that all men are toxic. No, it it, it the term isn't toxic men. <laughs> uh, cuz anybody can be That's toxic. That's toxic, the toxic avenger. 
So Bowser craves love. Don't we all? And friendship. Oh, awesome. But he is so brainwashed by this culture of toxic masculinity that he thinks he has to be domineering and controlling in order to keep people close to him through fear. He thinks that the respect he gets from people is meaningful, but it's really just that they're all afraid of him and his angry outbursts that might happen. If your only tool is a hammer, you're likely to just bash everyone over the head when they <laughs> uh, do something you don't like. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's domineering. He's He's conquering all of these kingdoms. He doesn't even seem like he's doing it for any gain just to sh he just wants a show of force to show that he's like better than other people so that's that superiority complex thing. well he he thinks it's gonna impress peach right uh, uh eventually yeah but um well he knows that she's a monarch too so he assumes that she'll be as bloodthirsty as he is he does assume that her white dress stained pink with the blood of the conquered he assumes that his way of seeing reality is correct and that other people share it with him. But it's really that everybody around him is too f afraid to tell him any different, <laughs> except for Peach and all of the other heroes. So in some ways, Bowser is a pitiable figure. I think so. But um, in his assumption that he is always right, he doesn't consider the autonomy of others. Uh, so he assumes that Peach will just want to marry him simply because he asks her. And he doesn't think about what she wants, what her goals are. Everything just exists to please him. He's like the main character of his story. The concept of rejection doesn't even enter. Despite the fact even that they haven't met before. Yeah, it's true. And what's sad is that he's actually in love with her. That is sad. And he sings her these ballads and, and plays on the piano. And it, those are like some of the most amazing parts about him is his enormous capacity to love. Aww. But the toxic masculinity that's got a hold on him makes him act in such a way that pushes everybody away that could be his friends or could be loved ones. And... It makes him unlovable. True. And actually, I think the only character that's in love with him is the magician that works <laughs> as his right-hand man. There's a scene where they're play-acting the magician as Peach, accepting Bowser's proposal. And the magician looks actually like ecstatic that Bowser is proposing to oh, him. Oh, what a tragic story. I know. Poor Magikoopa. Hopefully he'll get his day in the sun. His name is Comic. That's yeah, right. Just so you know. <laughs> and Bowser is so insistent on things going his way. He's completely incapable of facing any alternative reality in a healthy way. True. It's true. So when he's rejected, he doesn't have a graceful, mature way to deal with it. He just acts out and hurts the people around him. It's true. Early in the film, when he's like, my goal is to propose to Peach and we're going to get married. 
one of his Koopas says, yeah. what if she says no? And using his flame breath kills that Koopa. <laughs> now, let's be fair. Turns it into a dry bones. That's right. It's like if all your flesh burnt off and you were a skeleton. <laughs> Who can't die. That's right. You have little lights for eyes and you're just like, well, that question didn't blow over very well. And then the laugh track happens. And if a plumber jumps on your head, you crumble to bed for a minute, but then you just pop back up. Fine as can be. It's true. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Bullet Bill's your uncle. (laughs) So Koopa is the antagonistic monster of this film, but he's actually a tragic figure because... He himself is a slave to toxic masculinity and keeps himself from the very thing he wants by the way he behaves. So the real villain is the patriarchal standards that have been set forth before Koopa. It's true. Mm -hmm. That is tragic. He just needs to learn to love himself first. Well, maybe he'll have the opportunity from his little birdcage with his (laughs) piano. Yeah. He'll have an opportunity to express himself more. That's the hope. Well, guys, this would not be a fantasy movie or a swords and satire discussion if I didn't bring up the most important idea within this entire film, maybe within this entire world, and that is class struggle. Aw, shit, son. Now, see, the Super Mario story has always been one of the, like, primary examples of class commentary, right? We've got the ultimate hero, the ascendant being, the plumber, (laughs) the working man. Who's also a human. Who's also a human. That, I don't know if that enters into my analysis, perhaps. There's, like, a hierarchy of humans. Don't like that. In this movie where, like, Princess Peach is, like, the human in the Mushroom Kingdom, and so the toads make her princess. Don't like that at all. Yeah. No. That's the backstory. I'll tell you what. If a baby alien landed in America, we wouldn't make it president. Unless we did. That'd be sick as hell. That's (laughs) Superman. You just described Superman. I did. Oh, we love that alien. (laughs) (laughs) We do. And he's a farmer. (laughs) See? The everyman. Extraterrestrial, please. That's right. (laughs) That's right. But so we've got, like, these two working class heroes, Mario and Luigi. They are going out on their own. They're trying to reject the pattern of abusive employment. Like, the guy they work for, we meet him in the beginning, he's a huge piece of shit. He's just mocking them, telling them they don't have a chance. They're like, no, we're gonna do this. We're gonna live the Brooklyn dream of becoming plumbers. I'm assuming that everybody in Brooklyn wants to be a plumber because practically every character we meet in this movie from Brooklyn is a plumber. So we've got them, the working class heroes, juxtaposed against the tyrannical rulers. We've got Peach clearly in an unjust position of being like just put into this position by like a small minority of the Toad Kingdom, the Mushroom Kingdom. Like just a few people decide, like, oh, we'll make her our figurehead. 
Turns out she's like a violent maniac <laughs> who trains in this obstacle course for what? On the day when it's time to kill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess so. And then we've got Koopa, Bowser, the, the tyrannical ruler with the floating castle who's going around kingdom to kingdom, just wiping out groups of people and trying to domineer everything. But we, the audience, are given the perspective of Mario. He's not really, this is not like super brave Mario that we're used to. This is not like the unstoppable hero. This is a Mario who is still untested and is still like kind of lacking confidence, right? And we see him go through this arc where for him, the more important thing is not being a hero. It's just to help his brother. Like that's his primary concern. It's true. As the working man, his goal is oriented just around taking care of his family, attending to his own needs. He's not out there to crush anybody, just wants to free his friends. Exactly. Well, in every kingdom that Bowser is conquering is just fighting for their own autonomy. Exactly. But one of the problems is that they don't think of working together until Princess Peach goes to the Kongs. True, and we've barely even touched on the Kongs. The Kongs, which are a technically advanced, isolationist, nationalist nation. Oh, God, are they Wakanda? <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> Look, they I have, like that, actually. They have hover bikes. They have changing arenas. The Mushroom Kingdom has excellent transportation technologies, better than the Kongs, in fact. The tube systems. Magical pipes. That's public transportation rather than personalized vehicles. That's true. true. Maybe I like the Mushroom Kingdom. And the Kongs, what are they famous for? They're military. I was going to say violence? Yes. Throwing barrels? Peach comes for their military, and how does Mario prove that they deserve the military? Combat in an arena. A public arena. Oh my god. They are actually compared to like the Mayan or Aztec civilizations through the architecture and art that's surrounding all of them. I think I saw a History Channel special about the cultural mix between Kongs and Mayans. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Those feathered headdresses are communication devices. You know, Jamie, you're right. I forgot. There is like a, a major, like ancient Mesoamerican vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, throughout the Donkey Kong Country games? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right, with the coconut guns. Right. <laughs> and the helicopter ponytails. All those artifacts we know from archaeology. The carvings of Donkey Kong that foresaw his coming. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it's just nice to see a movie that carries on the tradition of class struggle where, like, we actually have some of the real comrades, like Mario and Luigi, going out there and making life better for everyone. Not just those in charge. Yeah, they don't dismantle any of the monarchies, though. But they're just getting started. Okay. Well. They deprive the Shadowlands of their monarch. So we will see how that goes. You mean when they murder Babam in the end? Well, they do murder King Babam. Regicide! <laughs> but they also imprison Bowser. True. Oh, yes, that's true. And you guys know any movie with Regicide is a movie that I support. That's true. So they dismantle two kingdoms. You're right, Jack. 
I we also quick shout out in the toxic masculinity section did not even point out Donkey Kong's arc of wanting to be more than just a good fighter. Oh, that's, that's a good true. point. He said, everyone thinks of me as the big buff guy who just smashes things with my fists. I'm more than that. Yeah, and in the end, he didn't even want to show off by, you know, flexing his pectoral muscles. That's true. That and was his favorite thing before. It's true. And we didn't connect Donkey Kong to the theme of family because he has a father who looks down on him similarly to Mario. So we ignored Donkey Kong for all three themes. Now I feel bad. <laughs> Guys, we should probably go back and re-record the whole episode. Don't worry. Let's just say his time will come. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, we've covered a lot of ideas here, but I've got one more question for you. Is the Super Mario Brothers movie woke? <laughs> Oh, you, maybe we don't have to do that. You, I'm a man. <laughs> you told me you were going to ask that, and I for, completely forgot. We don't have to do it. I don't want to give any more airspace to that stupid bullshit. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> That's okay. Neither do the people who say it. <laughs> All right. Is the Super Mario Brothers movie art? I mean, technically, it's all art. Technically, everything is art. <laughs> society culture the moon what is the moon except for art that god put in the sky for us to admire every night or movies made with cgi right that too <laughs> this movie is art like those paintings you jump into in mario 64 those are art yes it looks 2d but becomes 3d when you <laughs> get close to it there you go Excellent analysis. I think that's going to wrap it up. Now, there's also the painting of Ganon in uh, <laughs> Ocarina of Time, where he can ride out of the painting, connecting the idea of jumping in and out of paintings between Nintendo properties. Guys, it's the NCU coming right at you. Oh, oh my goodness. So the Mario movie has art, right? Yes. <laughs> I will say this. The Mario universe as a gaming universe okay. is kind of like perfectly devoid of complicated lore because it's mostly a game about fun platforming. Yes. You're not in it for the story. There's no dialogue options. You don't really build the character Mario. You just go along and you have fun with the mechanics of the game. There's a very loose plot to justify anything happening. <laughs> but... You don't ask, why am I Mario saving Peach? You just do it and you have a good time. It's silly and it's fun. <laughs> then we come and fuck it up and complicate it. But not by much. I'll say for the movie, they do not explain why there's a pipe between Brooklyn and the Mushroom Kingdom. Self-explanatory. So Thank God. Don't ever come up with lore for that. I'll be sad if you do. <laughs> Can I introduce you to the 1990 Super Mario Brothers movie? We don't need this. <laughs> we get just enough lore, I think, to move it from gaming, like the platform of games, to a film. Okay. I think that's just fine. 
Because some of the flips Mario does, the power-ups, some of the attacks Donkey Kong does, you can say, oh, I know that from these Mario games. Okay. Yeah. I know, I recognize what's happening. The cart select screen was a good reference. That was a lot of fun when we got to see that in the Kong Kingdom. It It's a video game movie, and that's it. It did a good job of not trying to be too much more than that. It's not trying to hide too much. No. I think the theme of family helps to elevate it. Yes. To art. But they also fall short. Yeah, that's my problem is that, like like I said in the beginning, or I alluded to in the beginning, they have this theme of family and, like, the connections we have with family and what we'll do for family. But then, like, so much of the movie Mario and Luigi are separate. It just, I don't feel, I feel like it is a good motivation, but I don't feel like the action of the film necessarily supports it. It feels kind of like Mario just gets disconnected. And like, I appreciate that they didn't make Peach a damsel in distress, that they made a Luigi in distress instead, which I think was a good choice. But I think they could have all three been working together. I agree. I think that they could have made a stronger film with the Super Mario Brothers working together throughout the film. Yes. It felt a lot like we got a good relationship between Mario and Luigi, and then just, like, 80% of the movie, it's not present. Yeah. I know. You could have had a Dark Knight of the Soul, where <laughs> Luigi is kind of telling Mario, you know, I didn't actually think our business could work, oh, but no. I just wanted to do it to support you. I love you. Oh, that's nice. And then Mario's like, I don't know who you are anymore. No, no contrived <laughs> conflict. I hate it. Mario in a dark, wet place, like a cave, saying, I don't know where to let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, I mean, overall, this is like just a bog standard fine, like, movie for younger audiences. Um yeah, I think so. It doesn't do a whole lot for me beyond just the nostalgia and my love of Nintendo and video games. Like, one of my favorite moments is when they go into Mario's room and he's playing Nintendo. Yes. And he's playing Donkey Kong. One of my favorite moments is when they first go to the Kong Kingdom and there is a Kong who picks them up in a cart and the AHA music starts to play. It is magical. <laughs> and I was actually singing along in the theater. True, you were. While we that were watching fun. that part. Cass was like, take on me. <laughs> I was dancing. <laughs> I It was just, I was fully immersed. <laughs> that was my the best Incredible. Moment. What about the star, the depressed star? Th that was like the pinnacle. You okay. might wonder how the Kongs have access to AHA's hit music. But the pipe connects the Mushroom Kingdom yeah. to Earth. I would yeah. never question it. So you're saying that's diegetic music playing. I'm saying that's in his cart. Okay. So much so. It is like straight out of Miami Vice or something. He looks like he could have been on that show with the glasses and the shirt. He looks like... He's coming straight out of Miami. It does have big The Simpsons intro couch gag lazy writer vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, uh, spoiler at the end when the star is talking directly to you and just saying you have the nothingness <laughs> all around you after the movie's over. That was like my next favorite moment, I'd say. Yeah. 
The star was a lot of fun throughout the film. I, you see, my hipster energy activated at the end when the star was talking to the audience. I'm like, oh, they acknowledged how good it is. Ruined. Oh, <laughs> I see. I fair, don't like when point. people, when the companies acknowledge the good thing they've done. But what if we acknowledge how good our skit is going to be next week? Is that okay? I would love it if we did that. <laughs> that seems very self-aggrandizing. Oh, but I had a lot of fun making it, though. It was a blast. <laughs> and, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about how people are overanalyzing this movie. So I'm glad we just did that. <laughs> <laughs> to contribute to that. Yeah, just to contribute to the discourse. But, you know, we weren't. I, I feel like overall I have a pretty positive feeling about it. It just I, I think that for a kid's movie, it could have reinforce this idea about connection with people you care about in a more overt way. That's true. It didn't change my life or anything to see this, but it was fun to watch. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it was aiming for. So this was just like, you know, you go out to the theaters to see a movie about a silly, whimsical game, and that's exactly what you get. It's yeah. not much deeper than that. If you're a big Nintendo fan, you're going to enjoy the references, the Easter eggs, and just like the kind of clever, fun moments, but then you're going to be irate that there's no Link. So, oh no. Yeah. Not yet. We were robbed. <laughs> but yeah, check out our skit next week about this movie and our take on it. The Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> well, Cass, after that, what's our next movie going to be? We're going to do a dragon month, and the first movie we're going to be covering is Reign of Fire. Oh, shit. With Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. Yes, I, 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 was, trying to, I was trying to think of McConaughey's iconic uh, catch line. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Man, that's a movie that I saw in the theater, like many of the movies we talk about on this show. Yeah, we, watched, we did it together. We went together. Yeah. So I can't wait to talk about that. I wasn't there. I haven't seen it. I'm looking forward to watching it. Get this. Dragons. <laughs> I'm sold. Modern day. No, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. This sounds sick as hell. <laughs> I'm really looking forward they to it. They retell Star Wars as like a campfire story. Now that's just fun. <laughs> no, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that one's going to be good. Well, if you just can't get enough of our show, you can always head on to social media and follow us at Swords and Satire on Facebook, Instagram, and the smoldering corpse of Twitter. And uh, we weren't joking earlier. We do actually have a Patreon account. And if you want to become a patron, you can go over to patreon.com slash swords and satire and join the community and to help support the show. We'd really appreciate it if you did. That's right. It's much appreciated. But we know that not all us uh, everyday plumbers have the extra coins to slide toward our favorite artists. So another way you could support us? Tell your family Ooh. and your friends about Swords and Satire. We don't pay any coins to advertise. <laughs> So word of mouth is the best way for people to hear about our show. And what's a better way for you to enjoy some of your favorite art than with your favorite people? Because you can always 
accomplish whatever you have to as long as you have each other, your loved ones. That's a direct quote from the Mario movie. Look oh, to the stars. <laughs> Here we stario. It's me, Mario. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until next time. Hey, LaCroix! <laughs> I like that. <laughs>